All right, ladies, welcome back to the podcast. I wish that I would have recorded this intro um, a while back because I am a little bit under the weather, so I apologize for the decreased audio quality. But I am super stoked to be sharing this brand new episode with you today. I had the absolute pleasure of doing an interview with a gentleman. This is the first male guest I've ever had on the podcast. A few weeks back that I met, actually, I think I met him on on threads. I haven't been super active on threads recently, I'll admit, but uh, we connected on Instagram and I really loved the content that he was sharing and the approach. He is a weight neutral strength trainer for women. So focusing on helping women get strong in the gym without a focus on weight. And I just absolutely, I absolutely love everything that he shares on, on social media. So I'll definitely share all of his links in the show notes so that you can give him a follow, but it was a really, really, really fun conversation. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know that I've taken a little break from the podcast and this was actually the first episode that I recorded coming back. And it was just really refreshing to have such a fun and genuine conversation. And I'm so excited to be able to finally share this with you today. So I don't think I even introduced myself um, in my in my sickly intro. But if you are brand new to the podcast, welcome. My name is Natalie Guevara. I'm a certified functional nutritionist. And I created this podcast to provide evidence-based information to help you on your journey with Hashimoto's and PCOS. I am also a mom. I am a woman with Hashimoto's and PCOS. And right now I am honestly surviving on lattes and what little sleep that I can get and my Boston Terrier snuggling up next to me. So if you hear snoring, that's what that is. <laughs> I'm not actually snoring during this intro. Anyway, without further ado, this um, super attractive rambling, I am going to share with you this delightful interview with Mark. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited for a couple of reasons today. We have a special guest on the show and this is, I haven't told him this, but this is actually the first male guest that has been on the podcast. So I'm super excited about that. And the second piece that I'm really excited about is his specific niche in the health and wellness industry. So Mark, I'm not going to butcher your, your bio, um, but I would love if you would just share with listeners who you are, what you do, and a little bit of the backstory of how you got here. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. Honored to be the first male guest. Um, yeah. So my approach to training is known as like weight neutral, which for anyone who doesn't know what that is, um, instead of focusing on weight loss or aesthetics, I instead focus on like making people stronger, helping them enjoy training, just helping them become consistent with the training process outside of the focus on weight loss or aesthetics. So I don't do anything like there's no weigh-ins, there's no before and after photos, there's no like body measurements, things like that. Like we're just really focused on making you comfortable in the lifting process and like feeling strong um, without like the focus on aesthetics. So which I know is not the norm and I'm happy to talk about what that looks like in terms of training. Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely going to unpack that, but I would love if you would share a little bit about your history. Like how did you get here specifically being a male training women? I'm just going to call out the elephant in the room. There's a lot of super young male trainers that are <laughs> training, <laughs> training women in this space. Um, and it's really, really refreshing to see kind of the other side to where you have, because I mean, I'll be honest, I still go to the gym and I see these super young guys training women who are 40 plus and pushing them to quote burn more calories. Um, so when I came across you on 
I think it was threads that I first found you, but Instagram, I was like, I was like, wow, this is fascinating. So share with us how you got here. Yeah, no, I know. I know I'm not the norm. So I'm, I'm happy to explain why. Um, specifically why I focus on training women. So for my own training experience, um, I definitely came from a place of like not confident in the lifting process and just personally very like low confidence, low self-esteem. Um, and strength training really helped me with that. Like just the process of being able to lift more weights and becoming stronger and more comfortable in the gym really helped my own confidence both in and out of the gym. When I started training people in person, I eventually became a trainer. I noticed that a lot of the women that I worked with went through a very similar experience where the ones who were focused on just the weight on the scale or just using training to change how their body looked didn't seem like a fun process. It seemed like very emotional. They did not enjoy training. A lot of training was for punishment reasons, um, either for like food they ate or for what they looked like. Um, but the ones who were focused on strength, like they just wanted like a stronger, they just want to be able to like deadlift 200 pounds or like they wanted to do their first pull up or whatever it might be actually went through a very similar experience I did, which was not super comfortable in the gym, not sure how strong they can actually be. And then through the process of strength training, realized they were capable of more than they thought. And their own confidence was built not only just in the gym, but like in regular activities and like regular everyday life. And so the reason why I focus on women specifically is that it just happened to be, I happen to resonate more with that story than um, just like the typical male journey. Um, I don't know why that was the reason I just happened to like fit in that gap. Um, but I do understand that there's like not a lot of men who train women exclusively um and i know that there's some people like that some people don't like that i've got some interesting comments in the past but um there's yeah so that, that that's kind of the reason why i chose to work with women pretty much exclusively that's fantastic and i definitely resonate and and i i think a lot of the listeners well with just feeling more confident about yourself through strength training and the people that I work with definitely, you know, some of our early conversations are about confidence being a look. And I think, I think strength training and, and for me personally, lifting weights is really something that helped me transform confidence as a look into confidence is a feeling. Um, mm -hmm. so, so I really love helping people understand the empowerment piece behind strength training. So you are not the norm. How, what did, what did the, okay. I had my journey with strength training and I really resonate with some of the things that I'm seeing with women. Now I'm a personal trainer. What did it look like to go from, I became a certified personal trainer to I'm now actually working with these people and carrying through them through this specific journey. Yeah. So I think the weight neutral approach isn't really taught, I think. And, and for that reason, I think most people don't start weight neutral. I definitely didn't. I definitely started as a weight loss coach. And I think as a trainer, you feel like that has to be the priority because when you hear about like, you know, why do people want training? It's because they want to lose weight. Like that kind of seems to be the norm. Um, I kind of switched over to weight neutral slowly over time, just because I realized like training for weight loss is really really tough um it's also as a trainer it's really hard to guarantee which i think is also like a 
tough issue where like I can make someone stronger, like without quite, like if someone right. does the program and they're like consistent with it and they're improving form, like you will get stronger as part of the process. Um, losing weight has a lot of different factors, both like in and out of the gym that exist right. and mostly out yeah. of the gym, if we're being honest, that yeah. like to say you can work with me for like three to six months and that like you will lose weight for sure. I think a lot of trainers are kind of exaggerating what their ability is at that point. Um, just cause exercise, especially on its own, doesn't seem to be very good for weight loss. It seems to be pretty good sure. for like weight maintenance, but in huh? terms of like actually lowering the scale, um, it just doesn't seem like as trainers, we can guarantee weight loss. Um, so I, I don't love that focus of, and I know that's like why 90% of people go to personal trainers and like the right. original. Um, but I, I think we need to start focusing on like, we still want people to exercise. We still want people to become stronger because there's like a ton of benefits there. Um, but those benefits might not reflect on the weight on the scale. Um, but they will better your life. So I think yeah. we still want people to exercise, but maybe we want to change how they look at training. So and I, I agree with you completely. I think most people do wind up coming to a trainer because they, they want to lose weight, whether it's something they decided on their own, or a lot of the people that I work with have been told by doctors that they, that they need to lose weight for their autoimmune conditions, um, which is rarely the case. But if most women are coming to trainers to lose weight, what does the initial conversation look like when a, when a woman hires you, do they come into it knowing that there's no focus on weight loss, or is this something that you help them, you help educate them on and, and, and show them. So because I run my own business online mm -hmm. and so much of my content is weight neutral focused, I think most people come to me kind of like at this point, knowing that I don't focus sure. on the weight on the scale. So most people I get are, People who don't care anymore, they just want to get stronger. They want their yeah. first pull up. They want to be strong, you know, in and out of the gym for life, whatever that might be. Um, or they do care, but they want to kind of transition away from caring. So I end up being the person who like moves their life to becoming more weight neutral um, and giving them a part of their life that isn't focused on the weight on the scale. Um, because for many people, like every meal, every exercise, every like choice is like, how do I look thinner or am thinner or whatever. And so I end up being kind of the person who I'm the space that allows them to not focus on that and to gain mm -hmm. self-confidence away from what they look like. Um, so in, in my situation, I don't get it a lot anymore. Um, yeah. when I was in a gym and I had more weight loss clients and I was kind of starting to shift more weight neutral, if someone comes to me for weight loss, I think the first question I always ask is like, what is the value? Like, why do you want to lose weight? I think is always like, cause sometimes it's like, I want to feel more confident in my skin. I want to be mm -hmm. healthier. Um, I want to increase my like self-esteem and those are all valid things, but those are things sure. that we can actually improve outside of the weight on the scale. Um, and I think as well, and like anyone who's kind of gone through a weight loss journey has probably experienced this. Um, in many scenarios, you're always like 10 pounds away from happiness. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. where there, there's always like more weight to lose before you're like, well, now I'm good. Um, and I think people see it as like, well, if I can only just get down to a size, whatever, or a weight on the scale that they'll finally be happy. And it's just been my experience that like, you just end up creating a new bar for yourself, even if you get to that level and that, um, it seems that the weight loss journey is not as fulfilling as we would hope it would be. Oh, 
every single time I, as you were going through that, I was remembering a client that I worked with really recently. We worked together for over 12 months, um, after her initial Hashimoto's diagnosis. And one of her, her big things is that she wanted to lose weight and through actually reversing her symptoms, we did lose 22 pounds, which was amazing. And she got there and she was like five more five more and five more. Um, and it was a, it was a huge conversation and, uh, I super proud that we were successful in it because she was also terrified to strength train. And I'll tell you specifically why she was terrified to strength train is because she didn't want to build muscle because she was afraid that that would make the scale go up. Go up. Um, Yeah. 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 And so her happiness and her success was very much, tied to the scale continuing to go down regardless of all these other factors. And she is actually, uh, she had some issues. And so virtual training wasn't a great option for her, but she is working in her hometown with a personal trainer now on strength training, which is, which is fantastic, but it is such a common trap that women get caught up in, which brings me to my next question. Have you at any point, or do you get met with you don't understand the push to lose weight because you're male. Ooh, um, not that specific point, but I do think there's a lot of questions on like, hey, like you're a male working with women. How could you understand the experience? Um, And I can understand where that is coming from. I think as so, and I've had to learn a lot in the process. So like for people's context, I've been online for five years working with exclusively women helped hundreds of women one-on-one thousands of content. Um, and like the journey does have different struggles than for men, for sure. Um, I'm not going to pretend I have the live experience. Um, and so there's always kind of going to be that gap there. Um, but I think I've helped enough women and done enough research that I feel pretty comfortable that I can make them stronger and make them more comfortable in the lifting process. Um, I think as a trainer, I think our job is to help people who aren't necessarily ourselves as much as we, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of the job of personal trainer. It's not to train 20 versions of me. It's there's going to be different people from different ages and backgrounds and different goals that want my help. And my job is to be able to help people that aren't me. Um, So I can understand where that critique comes from, because there are a lot of men that talk about women's issues and just hearing them for five minutes you're like okay you have no idea what you're talking about so that i totally understand that like i can understand people's concerns um i don't think this is a barrier so high that like a man couldn't help a woman become stronger and like that's just been my experience like i work with women exclusively they're getting stronger they're enjoying the lifting process um i've had to do research on like different you know i've had podcast episodes on periods and menopause and perimenopause and like you know just like different things that to help the people that i'm working with like kind of talking about you know some of the struggles that i think like women have over men in terms of training an example that can be is just like the muscle building process is harder um not impossible but there is like more of a challenge that exists there um in general women are proportionately stronger in their like so people are stronger in their lower body but women so even like more so proportionately and so like there tends to be more work done upper body wise just to mitigate that but like so i I guess what i'm trying to say is like yeah i've had that critique um but i still help people become stronger and i don't think it's held me back from helping people so yeah what about the pressure? Because my journey started as a personal trainer. So I've done the, you know, the initials, the 
initial sort of certification as far as a personal trainer. I've done continuing education as a personal trainer. And, you know, for better or worse, as we've already touched on, exercise has been proven again and again to just not really be effective for weight loss, right? Um, especially cardio, right. which everyone loves to turn to, um, because it does do things like increase hunger and cravings and all of these different things, which is a natural physiological response. Um, but what we know is that strength training is really impactful for muscle growth and muscle maintenance, um, which is really powerful, really, really powerful for women, not just in their confidence and their self-esteem, but their, their overall health and well-being. However, I know from my experience as a personal trainer, you know, even in my early certifications, there, there was this push of, you know, this is how you train people to lose weight. So I imagine I've since step back from personal training for a few years now, as I mainly focus on nutrition, but I imagine there's still kind of a, a bit of a pressure from just the personal training industry to kind of conform. If that makes sense. I know there is in the nutrition space for, for sure to just, you know, fit into this, this box of a personal trainer or a nutritionist or whatever that looks like. How do you stay true to like your North star and what you focus on um, amidst all the noise. Yeah, that that's totally fair. I think this issue exists larger in people who work at gyms because you yeah. don't necessarily pick your clients. Yeah. Um, as so, like, because I, I work online like one hundred percent. Like, I meet with the clients beforehand. I make sure that like my messaging is a good fit for them. So I don't tend to run into that issue because people pick me because I don't choose weight loss. Like, if anything, mm -hmm. it's like I'm like the me being weird has allowed me to like stand out from the crowd yeah. um, where I get like, oh, I've never heard of weight neutral training before. This sounds interesting. I don't want to do weigh-ins like this sounds great. Um, I think this challenge exists a lot harder for you're working at a commercial gym and you can't really pick who you want to work with. And a lot of the times you're like, okay, I want to lose weight. That's like my, like, you know, and then mm -hmm. you, you don't necessarily get to niche down. So I'm very sure. grateful for that. Um, I think it's good to, you know, hear where the weight loss people are coming from, because I think if we misunderstand it, we aren't able to actually help those people. Um, sure. And also kind of understand that the weight neutral approach is new to the mainstream, that like right. there are going to be people like, like I talk to people in real life and I tell them I don't do weight loss and they're like, wait, so what's your job? Like, they're just like, they have yeah. no idea. <laughs> yeah, like, they're really yeah. confused. Same, they're same. Just, yeah, yeah. And, and so I think like, it's important to understand that like, this is a growing world that is not in the norm yet and that right. talking to people like you still care about the weight on the scale we understand where you're coming from um you know here's like a new approach this is what we like this approach and then people can kind of find it on their own and at least know that it exists because i think a lot of people don't even know you can go to the gym for not weight loss I think like right. they, it's not even that they were against Absolutely. it they didn't even know it was on the table i worked with a client who was 64 at the time um and she like her whole life just trained to lose weight in the gym because that's what she she didn't even know the weight neutral option was on the table um right. and i was her first experience in decades of training um yeah so yeah yeah that's how i stand yeah, out it's yeah. It's it's always fascinating because I've I've got a client that I'm working with right now and she came from I'll just call it out Orange Theory, and you know a lot of our mindset work has been around 
around the scale, which is, which is true for, for a lot of my folks, but she had been going to this establishment for five years who have been like beating into her head that a healthy weight loss was two pounds per week. And I was like, excuse me. And so she's very much had to take a break from any type of training or, or exercise because of the emotion attached to it and the, the mindset around, well, I'm doing this output, then I should be getting this result for it. And it's taken a really long time to help, um, to help support a more healthy approach to, okay, we've taken a break from training. Now let's look at what it looks like to go back into it without this attachment. And if I do X, I'm going to get Y. Yeah. So, so when you're, is this, is this common for a lot of the folks that you work with or, or what is their experience that has led them to approach a weight neutral person? I, I think for me, so I think the, the experience that they normally have is kind of what you're talking about, where like the focus was weight loss and the focus was aesthetics and that journey either didn't go well or wasn't as fulfilling as they expected or and they're just like tired of it. They're tired of the weigh-ins, they're tired of the punishment workouts. Um, they're tired of being told they need to lose two pounds per week, um, which is pretty wild. That's 104 pounds wild. a year. Um, wow. yeah. So that's, yeah, it's like, uh, so that's pretty insane. Um, for the most part, I, I end up being like kind of the adjustment to that. I end up being like, okay, like these are still people who want to be healthy. They want to be mm -hmm. strong. Um, I think it's important for weight neutral coaches to talk about not just they can't just talk about not training for the weight on the scale. They also have right. to talk about what are we training for instead? I think this is like a mm -hmm. mistake that's common made in the industry where we do anti-weight loss content 24 seven, which can be like part of it. But if you don't give someone else another reason to train, they go from training six days a week to never going to the gym because now they have mm -hmm. no reason to. Yeah. Um, so this is why I kind of pair weight loss, like weight neutral training with like, let's make you stronger so now we're in the gym. We're not doing these lifts because they burn the most calories. We're doing these lifts because we want you to be stronger. We want you to be healthy. We want you to realize you're capable of more than you thought. And that's why we're in the gym now, as opposed to, you know, you overeating on the weekend and now you have to do extra cardio on Monday to make up for it or something along Absolutely. those lines. Um, so yeah, to answer your question. Yeah, yeah. And I really hope the folks are listening to this very specific message of getting stronger in the gym or approaching your fitness, whatever that looks like for you as a way to show yourself how capable you are. Because I know as someone who has both Hashimoto's and PCOS, there can be a point in your journey and healing's not linear. So it can happen again and again and again, where you get to a place where you almost feel like your body is failing you or um, fighting against you. And one of the most impactful thing, and I will say, um, I have the privilege to have been a very active teenager through college and moved into personal training. So I tell people all the time, strict training, lifting weights, it's not just like a hobby or thing it's a part of who I am, but I can mm -hmm. say one of the most impactful things that I've ever done to overcome those feelings with my own autoimmune journey is to stay to stay in that for, for the strength and to show myself how resilient I am and how capable I am. Um, and I think that that's not just important in, you know, our, our physical health, but our mental and our emotional health as well. Yeah. And I think it's also just like proving yourself wrong in a very positive way. Yeah. Like a lot of people come to me who are like just unsure of how strong they can be. And I would say mostly underestimate their strength. 
I think oh, that's like 100%. The, the, when they talk about what their, you know, six month or one year goal is in my head, I'm like, okay, cool. That's going to be two months tops. And then what do you want to do? Um, and that people yeah. really just underestimate how strong they can become with like actual, like if you're consistent with training with an actual strength training program, you can lift a lot more than you thought you could. Um, it's also not like a young person's game, which I think is also I hear a lot. Yeah, where like, yeah. That's for like, you hit like 30 and suddenly you can't lift weights anymore. Or like, yeah. and I'm just like, that's like insane. Um, I've had people I work with who started in their 40s, 50s, 60s, can deadlift over 200 pounds. Like they're mm-hmm. lifting way more than they ever thought possible. I'm working with like a 54-year-old who's doing pull-ups. Like this is yeah. not um, a young person's thing. And the value of it's such a unique feeling to realize you were stronger than you thought, Um, where I I kind of always talk about is like proving yourself wrong in a very positive way, where you come into it thinking you're going to gain a little bit of strength and then you gain a ton more than you ever expected. Um, And that makes strength training fun because you're doing things you never thought you'd be able to do. This is a whole world. Maybe you didn't grow up thinking you could be a person who could deadlift 200 pounds and then you are. And then it's like a whole other part of your life that like you've entered into that you maybe didn't grow up thinking you would enter into. Um, And yeah, just realizing your body is capable of cool things. I think that's a, a very unique feeling. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, especially for women, I, you know, in my experience and what I believe is we are raised to think small, to be small, to do small things. And then you show up in the gym and you're like, what is this? Uh, Really recently, I do it to myself all, all of the time. Um, I had shoulder surgery back in 2020. And then I had um, a baby last summer who's 13 months old now. So obviously there's been some various interruptions in my training. And this week, as far, I had a max out week. And for those that that don't know when you're working in a progressive overload, we progress, we get to this week where it's, we lift really heavy and then we deload. Um, but in my max out week, I picked up these 30 pound dumbbells and I'm like, I can't get these over my head. And here all of a sudden I am pushing for 10 reps. And it's always that reminder of how frequently, and this shows up outside of the gym, right? That you're second guessing yourself, (laughs) you're second guessing yourself and you're actually capable. I mean, I was, I, yeah. I had, I'd been so weak in my upper body. I was like, there's no way you're two weeks to do this. You can't do this. Um, cause I've only been back to lifting in my postpartum journey for three ish months. And I was just, I was absolutely taken away. I was like, I, I had no idea that I, that I was capable of doing this. And I will tell you, I think that happened on Tuesday of this week. And we're recording this on Friday. It has lifted my mood. And throughout the rest of the week, I was like, what else can I do? What else can I do? That's um, awesome. And it's just a fantastic feeling. But on that, when we talk about, um, I don't want to use the word appropriate, when we talk about just strength programming and and using a program that is designed to build strength, what is your message to women who are afraid of getting bulky or building too much muscle? Okay, this is, this this comes up. Um, So I think there's, when they say bulky, I, the first question I have is like, what do you mean specifically? Sometimes they mean a bodybuilder. Sometimes they mean a CrossFit athlete. Sometimes they mean like a, you know, like someone very specific. And I think the first thing to worry about is if you're worrying about getting bulky and you're comparing yourself to, you know, like a top athlete or a bodybuilder, that these are very unique people that like most of us cannot attain their builds, even if we wanted to. 
And so like, you know, these are people who train six days a week for several years, use supplements, might use drugs. Like this is yeah. the, you stepping into the strength training world and, you know, lifting three times a week for six months is like, it's just not going to pan out the same look. Um, getting bulky is actually really hard as a woman. Yeah. Like that tends to oh, be yeah. like, it's actually like, I, I know women who want that look and they're doing everything in their power to make it happen. And it's like still a challenge. So I think if that's the reason you're not going into training, I think it's, I don't think you need to worry about it. I don't think it's like a, and also as well is that like, even if that look did happen, it would happen gradually. Right. So you could just do <laughs> yeah. strength training. Uh, you don't wake up um, one day as like, the Hulk. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's like, if you, if you just wait, like, like just, Hey, go through the process, like see how your body changes. You can choose to stop it at any point. If you really get to that bulky look, I don't think you're going to get there. But if that's like the reason that you're not training, I would just like go through the strength training process, see how your body changes and then kind of judge it from there. Um, because like, kind of like you said, like you're not going to wake up one day and then suddenly become the Hulk. Even if you did attain that body, it's going to be, it would be gradual and take years and like you can always just decide to stop it at that point um so that's like normally the the conversation i have with them so on that note as far as being weight neutral where does folks that do want to build muscle where does that fall into the weight neutral conversation yeah so when i so i still care about them building muscle but not for aesthetic reasons um building muscle is just like a good health thing um, like just when we talk about insulin sensitivity, when we just talk about like bone health, when we just talk, when we talk about like everyday life, like just having more muscle is like a good thing to have. And I don't mean in like a bulky way, but just in like the more muscle mass you have for most people, like right. just improves your life dramatically. Um, right. as well is that like, if you want to be strong and you want to see how strong you can be, the more muscle you have, it just kind of increases your strength potential that if someone has twice as much muscle, there's just like a really good chance that they can lift more weight. Like that's the, so if you want to see how strong you can become, adding more muscle mass to your frame is like going to have value. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care like that if you're shredded or that like you have like, you know, like super muscular legs or like if it doesn't look any different, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, but if you have more muscle, it just tends to benefit most people. And so when I build muscle, it's not so you can step on a bodybuilding stage. It's so I can make you stronger and happier and healthier. And like, there's just, there's just a lot of benefits to adding muscle mass. Is there any negative aspect of muscle building or strength training from your perspective? Not, um, not really. Um, I think we could, if we could, I think we could be really picky and say that when you get to the bodybuilder stage and you have a ton of muscle mass that can like affect mobility or it can affect other aspects of your life, like in just terms of like, but like, like we're talking about, are you on the stage nationally for bodybuilding? No, then like, this isn't your, then don't worry about it. Like yeah, if I that's, tell yeah, people- that's ratio to muscle to body fat percentage as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also body fat is a huge part of that as well. Yeah. That it's not even the muscle mass. I don't, I, I think if we're talking about normal everyday people, I think every, if you add 10 pounds of muscle to your frame, like it will have positive results. 
Have you ever, cause this is a question that I, I get asked this question all the time. People will say, you know, what's the best way to train if you have Hashimoto's, if you have PCOS, if you have, if you're in menopause, all those different things. Um, what is your response to questions like that? I think for those specific, well, I think for everything, but like strength training seems to be the best option. If we're talking about bone health, um, you know, making sure that that stays where it is. Cause I know that's like an issue with Hashimoto's. Um, and just in terms of like, you know, insulin sensitivity can be like a side effect of those. It's literally like there's studies that the more muscle you have, like mm -hmm. the better your insulin resistance is like, just yeah. like in full that actually, if you have a lot of muscle mass, it's unlikely that you'll have insulin resistance issues. So like, it's, a huge benefit there. Um, and it, it just seems to, I'm, I'm going to say strength training is the best for those specifically. Can you do other things and they have benefits? Sure. But I think if you only had to pick one, I think strength training is going to provide the most value for those people. Um, especially when we talk about, you know, menopause and perimenopause where like muscle mass starts to decrease that like you kind of need the strength training. At a, at a minimum just to mitigate but also just to keep building muscle mass because sure. people who don't strength train again like perimenopause menopause like post 40 age like there seems to be that you lose muscle mass pretty quickly without strength training um and strength training just helps you keep, stay in like we talk about being independent later in life like being strong helps you be independent and being mm -hmm. weak could yeah. be the reason that you stop being independent yeah like that's or the like that's a yeah or leave this earth too soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, like, um, yeah. Keeps you safe. This isn't, this isn't my quote, but I think it's, I think it's Mark Bell, but like strength, strength is never a weakness is right. like the, um, yeah. I think it's, it's only going to benefit your life. Like, especially, sure. I think, I think especially in like the 40 plus group, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And I, uh, you know, it's, I, I feel like I'm losing my voice from, you know, talking to folks that are 40 plus and they're like, it's too late for me to start. It is never too late no. to start. No, no, definitely not. And you can still become really strong. Like you can, you know, at least deadlift your body weight, if not more, like you can lift pretty. And like, that, that's actually one of the cool things about strength training is that like, you can start late and still like lift a lot more than you thought you'd be able to like there are very strong people in their 40s and 50s who like started in their 40s like, oh yeah. that's uh you know yeah and i definitely get it as someone um who is getting closer to 40 um i definitely had a woe is me moment after shoulder surgery and i was kind of taken out for a little bit um of oh my gosh i'm gonna lose everything that i've ever worked for and now i'm so much older but i can confidently say three kids later a shoulder surgery later all these different factors and creeping towards 40 i am the strongest that i have ever been. Um, and I continued, uh, I plan on continuing to keep pushing that as I age, cause I'm not going to let age get, a, get ahead awesome. of me yeah. on, on this game. So as far as I I'm just hearing some, some voices of some clients and some folks that I've had conversations with in the past, looking at programming, what does the process look like and how does it differ in a weight neutral approach to those who are, who are showing up to the gym, maybe hiring a trainer uh, that has been solely focused on weight loss. So there's going to be similarities for sure. Um, because one, I don't really think there are weight loss exercises. I don't think that yeah. really, like, really makes sense. Um, Hoping but I you think would say that. 
<laughs> yeah. So like it doesn't, it doesn't, there's not really like a, this is the best fat burning exercise. Like I know things yeah. are advertised as that, but it like really isn't the case. Yeah. Um, weight neutral training again is going to like my version is going to be focused on like, wow, why do you want to get stronger? What does stronger look like to you? And then exercises to do that. So like, let's say you think it'd be really cool to deadlift your body weight for the first time. So we're going to give you exercises that teach you the deadlift movement that allow you to increase the strength of the muscles involved in that exercise. And then like slowly build your strength from there. So that could be something like maybe we start you off with Romanian deadlift with dumbbells and just to get like the hip hinge motion. And then once you've gotten better at that, we might add a barbell. We might do something known as like a block pull as you get stronger, which is like, um, it's like a deadlift, but instead of from the ground, it's like elevated a little bit, which makes it a little easier to lift from. And then kind of slowly bring you to the ground. And um, it's gonna be a lot more focused on like, what are exercises that will make you feel strong in the way that you wanna feel strong? Cause that's different for everybody. I like deadlifting. I think it's a good one, but like yeah. some people think they want a really big squat or their first pull up. And like the exercises we choose are gonna be like, okay, what are exercises that will help you become stronger? Like what, like that's the whole plan. It's not about how many calories you've burned sure. or like, are you sweating enough or like, you know, no pain. Like, I don't, I don't care about any of that. So it becomes very quality over quantity. I think yeah. compared to like people who train for weight loss, where a lot of the training is like four to seven exercises per workout, like yes. something along those lines, like yes. instead of like doing everything in the gym for, um, which honestly I think makes the training more fun and truthfully the human body doesn't move in that many ways. So right. when you have like 14 exercises in my head, I'm always like, some of these have to just be repeating the same movement patterns. Mm -hmm. uh, Absolutely. And like, I would rather you just like pick the best one and then let's just focus on making you stronger in that movement as opposed to picking, you know, four squat exercises um for five sets each and just like doing way more quantity over quality and i think and you're more than welcome to interject your own opinion and belief here i think for me and in, in my history as a trainer one of the things that and it was a mental game more so for me as a trainer is i would show up to the gym and each and one uh each and every one of my programs was was tailored to my client and their goals and um, you know, just where they were on their journey. And here are these other trainers doing just like all these, these tricks and, and things like that in order to keep their clients interested. And really the things that are going to yield the results are basic and they're simple and we continue to do them over, over time. And Forever. so I, yeah. I, yeah. And so, you know, to the person who's like second guessing themselves, cause they're like, Hey, I'm training basically the same thing over and over and over again. Um, should I be mixing it in and trying to do all these exciting things? Like our, our brains want novelty, right? Mm -hmm. What is, what are, what are your thoughts and what is your, your messaging on that? No, I, I, I completely agree. It doesn't mean it can't change ever, but there definitely should be a lot of repetition. I think especially if the focus is strength, where like any skill, you need repetition. Like if I want to be good at writing or public speaking or like how I get yeah. good at that is by doing that a lot. Right. Um, and strength training is the same. We're like, how do I become strong 
in the deadlift movement is like I deadlift regularly, where if I'm deadlifting one week and then overhead pressing the next week and then bent over row the week after, and I don't get back to deadlifting for six weeks, it's actually gonna be pretty hard for me to be good at that movement. And so I think um, this is a concern that happens a lot with people who come from classes where classes always Mm -hmm. kind of change. Um, Yeah. yeah. But um, for those people, like doing the same movements over and over again are going to make you stronger and also it helps you to see your own strength yeah where week one you were lifting 30 pounds in this movement and the week eight now you're lifting 60 pounds in this movement right you don't need me to tell you you're getting stronger you can obviously see that in the weights itself Proof is in the pudding. yeah exactly yeah yeah and i think like that is valuable because if we're going to be in the gym for you know three days a week four days a week whatever your training routine is that like you kind of want to see that you're improving and the nice thing about strength training is that you know the weights kind of show you like i'm lifting more than i was before like i'm obviously getting better at this um but you can only do that if the workouts stay you know relatively the same like you're doing squat movements hip hinge movements push pull like so otherwise it's kind of how can we tell if you're deadlifts getting stronger by like your overhead pressing you know what i mean like it's just like it's it's you know we have to we have to we have to build that skill that is strength training what about the folks that are like okay i'm hearing you um i'm interested in this approach to training but i still want to do things like run and ride my peloton and things like that what are your thoughts on that I think that's fine. I think like most people can do both at the same time. Like I don't think that there's, I, I think like you have to be careful about overdoing it, especially if we talk about like Hashimoto's or PCOS, that there might be like, if you're running six, seven days a week, and then also lifting six, seven days a week, like you're going to run into like some just fatigue issues. Right. Um, I think it, for most people, if the cardio is low, I think you like you can just do walks whenever like I don't care like go for a walk every day like it doesn't matter to me like it's not gonna affect your training. Um, I think I think you can still do both of those things I have people I work with now who are runners or they have other sports or they like to go for hikes and they can still get stronger. Um, I think maybe how you schedule the training might change where you have to really keep in mind, you know, are you going to do a marathon run and then do leg day the next day probably not, (laughs) but you can yeah. definitely still do both if you have you know aerobic hobbies or you like to do classes on occasion or things like that that's totally fine um the the thing i tell my the lifters that i'm working with is that like as long as my stuff gets done and the workouts feel good still like go We're do good. yoga or whatever else you want to do like that's totally fine what is the minimum time commitment that someone would have to put into strength training in this way and see benefit? I think if, so I think if you're a beginner, you're new to lifting, I think you can become stronger on minimum two days a week for like 30 minutes of training, four to seven exercises. If I had to just like be unnecessarily specific. Um, I think as you become stronger, you might need to move that to three days a week. Not that two days a week can't work, but that as you get stronger, you might just need that third day to continue getting stronger. Um, but I think if, if we're talking about like, you're totally new to strength training, two days a week, 30 to 40 minutes, like full body each day, I think will get most people stronger for a yeah. decent time. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, even just in re-entering the strength training world <laughs> postpartum with 
minimal sleep and minimal amount of time, I went back to lifting two days a week, definitely saw progress. But the interesting thing about it, and I, I get this, this argument from so many of my clients first, you know, it's the time commitment. And second of all, it's, you know, two days seems like a lot, but once you get really consistent and you start to see the benefits of, of two days, first of all, your body starts to crave the third day. And second of all, mm-hmm. so do, mentally and emotionally, you're like, I can't wait to get to my next day of lifting. At least that has always been my experience. Um, the more you do it, the more it's like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. I think two is a nice way of like, if you're unsure, it's a way to yeah. ease into it. It doesn't need to be super long. Um, you can hard. train at your house or you can train in a gym or hardy. Yeah, that's even that's yeah. true. We're like, um, in terms, of, I would rather you were consistent and giving like six out of 10 effort yeah. than like go really hard and then you're really sore and fatigued and then you don't go back for seven days. And then like you end up doing less training. I would rather you just like do, yeah, like six out of 10 effort for two days a week, you'll still get stronger as a new lifter. And then, you know, as you get stronger. Yeah, exactly. Truly (laughs) like, uh, you know, like uh, the amount of people I've worked with who went from never lifting in their life to deadlifting their body weight in two, three months. Yeah. Like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's truly that beginning fate. I'm jealous. Yeah. uh, Cause I'm far. Cause now, cause you're probably at the same as me. We're like, you have to work pretty hard to get like any results. Yeah. Um, and, but like, as a beginner, that first, like six months to two years, depending on who you are, like that's like weight goes up every week. Like mm-hmm. you can always, you, you know, you can always get stronger as long as you're like consistent and improving form. Like you will, you know, this is what I always tell people. Like if you're a new lifter and you're consistent, you have an actual strength training program and you're just like working on improving form every week, like you will get stronger. Like that is like- Guaranteed. Like yeah. guaranteed. And it's a great time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. There are very few guarantees when it comes to health and fitness as far as that. There are none with weight loss. Um, but as far as like nutrition and all of the things, but staying consistent, building muscle and building strength. Like if you follow the plan and it's a good one, that's a good one. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the it's gotta yeah. be it's gotta be at least decent. Yeah. This, it has yeah to be. Not something random that you found on YouTube or something like that. Um, but yeah, you are you're guaranteed to to see progress. So there literally is no con um as far as I am concerned when it comes to strength which, training. Which actually makes like being a coach for strength training really fun. Yeah. Because when someone tells me like, you know, comparing it to the weight loss coaching, is that like if you do the program and like you check in with me and we're consistent with training, like you will get stronger. I can like basically guarantee it. Like it's going to happen. Um, in terms of like being a weight loss coach, it's like, if you work with me for three to six months, like, will you lose weight? Like maybe, Maybe. or if you do, will you keep it off? Like also maybe. Maybe. Um, and like, that's kind of hard for me to like, you know, this was, it's, um, and then, you know, people, people are hiring you because they want to see the result. Right, right. Right. Like then, that's yeah, kind of the... you're absolutely blamed for every little thing that goes wrong. And it's like, I can't control this. Um, Which is so, like, yeah, it, strength training is way better that way. Cause it's like, did yeah. you do the program? Like you're going to get stronger. Yes, like, and it's way yeah. more fulfilling. And then yeah. you, you know, oh, they jealous. start. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, 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 honestly, it's very, it's very fulfilling as a coach. Um, I think one thing I don't have to worry about as well is a lot of coaches feel like their body is their resume. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've, so they always I've feel like they have there. to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we all have at some point, like, yeah. like if you don't look the part, like how credible are you? Yeah. Um, and in the weight neutral space, it like genuinely doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what yeah. my clients look like. It doesn't matter what I look like. I can yeah. plus or minus 20 pounds and like life moves. Like it doesn't affect like, my job. Whereas yeah. like I have heard stories of weight loss, fat loss coaches who put on weight and actually affect them financially. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, like ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And I will tell you, you know, I've done a lot of work on unpacking my own body image issues and all of these things, but even, you know, early on in pregnancy, when it wasn't public, there's still like those thoughts and feelings came up and I don't specifically coach weight loss anymore. It's not, it's not my gig. It's not what I do. And then postpartum, it's still like, Oh goodness. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's a super, super hard thing for coaches. And I have to be as a coach, super conscious around, you know, what's on my own social media feed and and things like that. Cause it's really easy to be in this industry and get caught in the comparison trap of, should I be doing something differently? No, (laughs) just like I tell my clients, we stay in our own lane, um, and focus on what matters most to us. And that is help. And I mean, like I, as a weight neutral trainer, like almost no one has my niche in the fitness industry. So yeah. I think it's, it's, it's like, I'm always the weird one. Now I, I'm one of those people <laughs> who like doesn't care and like, will be in a space of 12 weight loss coaches and me and like, I'll be totally fine. Yeah. Um, but I understand that that's like, people like to fit in and like, not yeah. be that unique in the space, let's say. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, everybody and, wants to look the same, talk the same and, and do the same. And I'm like, that's boring. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's like um, the experience that I give for clients are very, very different where it's just Mm -hmm. like, like, okay, they're training to lose weight. Like, that's cool. Like we're working on our first pull up and like our, we're going to have more fun doing it. And it's going to be, you know, we're going to give value to ourselves beyond what we look like, which I think is also important because I don't think anyone wants to feel like what they look like is their whole value. Yeah. But we do a lot of things just for our appearance. Right. And I I will tell you, it is so freeing to get to the, to the other side. It is, you know, everyone listening. I know that there are some people that are listening that are like, I'm still struggling, but it is so freeing to get to the other side of this is, this is my body. I I want to be clear as well as that, like, I'm not, if you have like weight loss, fat loss goals, I'm not here to like shame or like, I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm just hoping that like this episode gives you a unique approach or like, just like, just know that this option exists. That like, if, 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 if the weight on the scale of the weigh-ins and the transformation picks and the body measurements, like aren't going well for you. Like, I just want you to know that like, this is an option you can consider. Like that's, that, that's kind of my, I'm, but I'm not here to be like, you want to lose weight, you're a bad person, like, or anything along, no. you know, like um, along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, for me specifically as well, when clients come to me, I, I will not tell a client that I will not help them lose weight. The most important thing for me is for clients to have autonomy and choice in their own journey and to make the best and the most empowering decisions for them, their health and their bodies. And, and to your point, I think that 
in the world that we live in that is just overflowing with diet culture and we have doctors, you know, promoting it and pushing it, that there's just a lot of folks that don't and, and gyms, right? You know, especially when we come to January 1st, that's that's exact that's their marketing thing is, is weight loss and, and all of these things. And and definitely a lot of trainers in there because that's how they bring in clients and that's how they put food on their table. And so it can be really conflicting and confusing as a woman as someone that has an autoimmune condition to know what they actually truly want. And so that's my intention with every episode of this podcast, um, in my own work and in the guests like yourself that I bring on here is just to arm them with knowledge and a deeper understanding of all the possibilities that are out there, because it is not just attached to one goal, one outcome. And it, that goal of weight loss, if that is your goal, um, is, absolutely valid, but it does not determine your worth or who you are as a human being. Yeah. I think that's always an important line to cross. I think that when I see people online calling each other fat phobic, I'm like, does this really solve anything? Like, I don't really understand what that's all about. Um, I think the weight neutral approach is the better option for most people. But at the end of the day, like you have to decide what works best for you. Like take the information that you have. Like if people have questions about the weight neutral approach, like they can message me and ask, because I understand for many people, I am like the first weight neutral person they even know of. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy to like answer questions or like go from there because I think a lot of people do have questions about it because every for other sure. trainer in their life is a fat yeah. loss, weight loss coach. So I, I, I'm yeah. the weird one. I know I'm the weird one. So I think it's totally fair that like, you know, I'm going to put this approach out there. If people like yeah. it, that's awesome. If people decide to go a different route, like that's their choice and that's totally that's, fine. That's fine too. Well, Mark, this has been so amazing. I am so honored to have the weird one um, on the podcast, sharing your your knowledge and your wisdom. Um, and it's so refreshing to be able to listen to someone share their beliefs and their values and their stance just so openly and clearly also with, without judgment. And that's, um, I think that that's another breath of fresh air in the health and and wellness industry. So, um, with all of this, where can folks find you online, learn more about you, learn more about your approach, um, and potentially even work with you. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, thanks for having me. Like, I, I appreciate this. Like, you know, I, I love the work that you're doing on your podcast and would love to have a conversation again. Um, if you yeah, feel like sure. it would be beneficial, um, you, there's a, probably the main places you can find me are TikTok and Instagram at training strong women. And then I also have a podcast that is very much focused on beginner lifters, as well as beginner lifters focusing on the weight neutral approach called the badass lifter podcast. All of it has like Love my it. face on it. So you can like Love see it. those are probably the best yeah. three places. If anyone has any questions about what this kind of training looks like, feel free to send me a message, like email, whatever. Like I'm pretty good, but I'm pretty good at responding back. Um, and you know, I'm happy to clear up any questions or critiques people might have. Love it. We will definitely link all of those in the show notes. If you are out on a walk or maybe even in the gym, getting your lift in, um, don't worry about it. They will be right there for you to click on. And Mark, thank you again so much for sharing your time with me. And I look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks for having me. For sure. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you found this, this podcast episode insightful, helpful, or just enjoyed it in any way, shape, or form, I would love if you would take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram, Natalie Brooke, Brooke is with an E Guevara. And of course you can tag Mark as well. His, um, 
his name is Training Strong Women, but I think it's Training Period Strong Period Women on Instagram, but I'll definitely be linking him in the show notes. As always, if you would leave the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that just helps the podcast get out to more individuals. You can always learn more about me, my coaching opportunities at updogwellnessandfitness.com. Join us in the free Facebook Facebook community, which is also linked in the show notes below. And I will talk to you guys again next week.